everyone. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, a podcast featuring women and sex addiction. My name is Amy. I'm your host here at Worth Recovery, and I am a sex addict. I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. Today is episode 62. Can't believe we're that far already into this whole adventure of podcasting about sex addiction with women, but we are. So I am excited today to bring you episode 62. And this is a different, a little bit different episode than what we've done in the past. A few months ago, we had our very first Worth Recovery event. It was amazing. We had so many amazing women gather together in Seattle, Washington to spend some time together, to learn from each other, to connect with each other, and also to learn from some CSAT therapists about some of the major issues and some of the major topics that we discuss in addiction. It was fantastic. Those women changed my life. Being together with those women changed my life. Witnessing their struggle changed my life. And I am just confident that every time we as women get together and support each other around anything, but particularly around this sex addiction thing that we deal and struggle with, that we heal just a little bit more, that we're able to shed some of the shame that we feel around sex addiction and be able to heal just a little bit more. It was a wonderful experience, and I'm excited that we have another Worth Recovery event coming up in January of 2017. But anyway, back to Seattle. One of the sessions that we had while we were there, we titled Engaged in the Struggle. And it was a little bit of a conversation between me and one of my dearest friends in recovery, Maureen. Now, Maureen was my sponsor for a while, and she has known me since the day that I entered recovery. Five years. I can't believe we've been friends for five years, but we have. She's always been an amazing example to me. We had a little bit of a discussion, and we were able to talk about some of our own struggles. And Maureen shares a lot about some of her big struggles in recovery and shares with us about her story a little bit. Now, she was kind and gracious enough to allow me to record this session. And so we split it up over two episodes, and I'm excited to be able to bring those episodes to you starting today. So this is a conversation with Maureen, where she shares all about her struggle and about staying engaged in the struggle of recovery. Now, before we jump in real quick, of course, we have some announcements. So first of all, we do have our second Worth Recovery event coming up in January, also titled Engaged in the Struggle. We had such a great time talking about the topics of trauma and addiction, of boundaries, essential boundaries, and of shame resilience. We had such a great time talking about those topics that I wanted to bring those topics to some of our other listeners. And so this January, January 21st, 2017, we will have another Engaged in the Struggle event in Salt Lake City, Utah. Registration is open. All the information that you want on that is on the website, www.worthrecovery.com. We've had a number of women register already, and I'm excited to bring a place where we can all connect together as women around this topic. So I hope that you're going to join us. If you live in the Salt Lake City area, if you're traveling through, or if you want to come and also like do some skiing while you're here, that would be awesome. So January 21st, 2017. And of course, I always love to give a big shout out to my Worth Warriors. You guys are amazing. It's your support that keeps this podcast free for women all throughout the world to be able to listen to. So thank you so much for your contributions and for your support. 
Now, if you want to become a Worth Warrior or if you want to learn about Engaged in the Struggle, you can do all of that on the website, www.worthrecovery.com. Okay, let's jump back in. We're just going to jump right to it. I want to share with you, It start, our interview starts with me telling a little bit about how I know Maureen and how I met her. And then we'll jump into learning a little bit more about Maureen's story. Okay, here we go. Okay, so you know about me. I've, you've heard a little bit of my story. You've heard a little bit about my first little bit into recovery. So I'm not going to repeat that for you, but I do because I'm sitting here with Maureen. This is Maureen. I'll tell you a little bit of how I know Maureen, and then I'll give her an opportunity to introduce herself. So my very, very first week in therapy, right, Aaron said to me, you need to go to a women's meeting. And this Saturday, there's a women's meeting. He gave me the address. He's like, you need to go to this meeting. I made a commitment to myself. I would do whatever my therapist told me to do. I would do it. And like Aaron jokes that he probably could have told me to like jump on one leg and bark like a dog for like 10 minutes. And he would have told me like that will work and I would have totally done it. Like I would have done anything that he told me to do. So he said, show up at this meeting. And I was like, okay. So I show up at the meeting and I drive in there, right? And like no one shows up. And then there's one woman there and it wasn't Maureen, it was someone else. And, and I was there and, and she was like, okay, so we had this little meeting, just the two of us, right? She's like, you, you're going you're gonna to meet this woman next week when she comes back. Right now she's at a retreat. But when she comes back, you're going to meet this woman, Maureen. And she is amazing. And she'll be able to help you. And I was like, oh, okay, so you can't help me? And she was like, no, 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 we'll have a meeting. And she was super helpful. And I totally love her. But she's like, you'll meet Maureen, and that will really be helpful. The next week, Maureen wasn't there either. So <laughs> it was just me and this woman again. We had our own little private meeting. And we read from the white book and she told me about her story, which actually ended up being a really good thing for me because it forced me to have to engage, right? You have to engage when there's only two of you sitting in a meeting. I couldn't just sit there and like not talk. And then the third meeting that I went to is when I met Maureen. So that would have been July, end of July of 2011. And Maureen and I have been friends ever since. Um, I was... Uh, she wasn't my first sponsor, but she was my second sponsor, and she worked me through the steps. And we have been really, really great friends ever since then for a lot of variety of different reasons. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and the real quick brief story about your life, <laughs> and then we'll talk about meaning and struggle. Okay, so I'm Maureen. I'm a sex addict, um, sexaholic, however you might want to say that. Um, I grew up in a home where everybody older than me were alcoholic. And uh, it was sort of like putting a frog in warm water. I didn't know anything was wrong very young, but as life went on, I realized there's a lot of stuff going on in this home that is not conducive to my well-being. And I was very troubled. I was neglected, um, just a lot of problems. And actually, if you think back to that little clip that Aaron showed earlier of the girl, that she kind of told my story, actually. You know, I just, I catapulted into life. Well, first off, early on, I found masturbation, and that was just something I did. I never told anyone about it. Never, I didn't know it was sexual. I didn't, you know, I didn't think anything was wrong with that. Um, as I grew up, I realized what it was and that you shouldn't be doing that and my church said you shouldn't do that and got a lot of shame around that 
but um, yeah so I just had a very troubled teenage years um, my dad died when I was 16 or turned 17 I forget now um, and then I was left with my alcoholic older brother and my mom and um, that really what went on between them and in the house and all that really just catapulted me into my disease and primarily it was just acting out with men like crazy uh, eventually over the years I got married I sort of settled down I stopped some of the behavior the masturbation never stopped but um, eventually in 2000 I was divorced single and I found myself falling into relationships with men I didn't even like and having sex with them and thinking what's wrong with me you know what is wrong with me and I actually toyed with the idea of maybe I'm a sex addict for quite a while and it wasn't until 2005 that after uh, one of those affairs I woke up one day and I said I'm a sex addict and I've got to go and I've got to do something about it I looked up meetings I saw that there was a woman's meeting on Saturday morning at 8 and then at 9 30 there was a mixed meeting I tried to find the woman's meeting I couldn't find it it was actually I was inside the church trying to find it and the door was on the outside so I didn't find it but I was like if I don't go to a meeting and say I'm a sex addict today I will not go through with this so I went to a mixed meeting and I walked into a room of about 30 men and I was a little late and it was packed and I sat in the first seat and like I said earlier I, I turned all shades of red instantly mm -hmm. I was like oh my god how am I gonna get out of here but the minute I started listening to what they had to say I realized I belong here and so that's 11 years ago or coming up to 11 years now and um, I've just had tremendous uh, yeah just being in recovery and being with my village this small group of women in this area has been an incredible thing for me because point blank I never really had relationships with a woman I avoided women I didn't you know that wasn't something I did it was you know I just acted out with men men were my you know saving grace or you know whatever and um, so it's been really awesome to to be in this recovery and be with the woman that I've met in this area so yeah thanks and I met Amy five years ago five years ago yeah seems like yesterday I know right I was thinking that the other day it does seem like yesterday so I got into recovery and I found a, I needed a sponsor Maureen was the first one to be like you need a sponsor like I think that was almost not probably her first words to me but probably pretty close like you need to get a sponsor and so I I got a sponsor um, out of state someone that I didn't even know we did it by phone for a while and uh, and when that kind of I needed someone in person to really talk to right over the phone we get a lot done but there's a difference for being in person with someone and for me that difference is being able to witness for each other um, and that's a phrase that I learned in recovery it's a phrase that I've learned from therapy and from being in 12 steps but I, you know, as an addict, we go through a lot of different things in our lives. 
and changes happen or changes don't happen or I mean just a lot of different things happen and we need a mirror we need someone to witness for us and say yes that was traumatic no that maybe you're overreacting you know um, have you thought about this right like you're acting like this like just kind of hold up that mirror and witness that what's going on you know and um, for me Maureen has been one of those people in my life I remember one of the first times like I sent her an email is <laughs> my mom had sent me like this email and it for me like I went from you talk about that trauma gauge that we talked about right I went from zero to like 50 <laughs> you know, over this email in like a matter of seconds. And I remember I, I sent it to, and I was telling Maureen about it and she ended up reading it and she was like, whoa, Amy, you, like this email, and the word she used was this email is benign. There is nothing in this email that should cause that kind of trauma. And she's like, you're responding to this, you know, many years of, of issues with your mom, right? And you're not responding to this email, you know? And for me, that was one of the very first thing, very, very first occurrences where I realized, wow, I need more people like that in my life, right? I need more witnesses to be able to help me understand what's going, what's going on. My therapist is amazing and does amazing work, but you know, I can't walk in with every single little email and be like, hey, let's go over these 50 emails. Plus, I got all this trauma work. Plus, I got all this other work, right? You know, like different. And so, having building a village was really, really important to me. And Maureen's been my sponsor for a number of years now. We talk weekly and go through all sorts of stuff and it's been fun. Well, and Amy's been a witness to me of inspiration and hope because often she'll come to me and say, you know, we were just talking about this at lunch. You know, I, she, when she moved to Salt Lake, she was like, oh, there's no woman. If there are women, they don't dress right. If you know, there's, there's just this problem here. We don't have a woman's meeting. We, you know, things are dysfunctional. And, you know, she's telling me all these things and I'm like, wow, it's an opportunity. You've got a huge opportunity here to do things, to create a meeting, to teach those gals how to dress when they go to a meeting, how to, you know, all these different things. And I'm sure she didn't want to hear that. I think she even said so. <laughs> I'm sure I said time. so. And so, you know, but she's walked through it and she's continued to use the tools of the program and she's continued to be an inspiration to me that, you know, when those things fall on me, I don't often see them as opportunities. And, you know, and that's what sticking in the struggle is all about. At the moment, that's not what I want, but having that village or those people around us to, to say, hey, that's actually an opportunity, mm -hmm. you know, grab onto your higher power and let's get ready for a ride. Yeah. And she's done that. And it's awesome to be sitting here and seeing, you know, the fruits of your labor. Thanks. I think one of the, one of the biggest pieces of inspiration for me from Maureen has been the a number of events, like significant struggle events that I've seen um, in the last, just in the last five years, right? Your, your mom passed away, right. your brother passed away like pretty soon after that, yeah. right? One month. One month after. Um, also uh, trying to navigate the waters of dating after, you know, being in recovery for a while and figuring that out. Right. I think two job changes. 
Right. Right. I mean, a job relocation. <laughs> I mean, like, like significant a number of things in the last five years. In addition to finding your, like, some family that had been lost. Is that okay? Marines. Oh yeah. Marines yeah. adopted, and so she was also able to like find some family and go through kind of that transition. I mean, just right there in in less than five years. That that's a lot of significant events that I know you've struggled with, mm-hmm. right? Right. What do you think is like one of the biggest struggle moments you've had and doesn't have to be one of those it can be something else (laughs) but what do you think is one of the big struggle moments that you've had in recovery I think the biggest was when I lost my mom and my brother and I'm gonna cry but um, I think because it, it all ties around with what we've discussed today those two people were very uh important figures in 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 the trauma that I experienced in my life and my addiction I I catapulted out of my home and away from all that trauma into my addiction and I had a lot of unexpressed grief around those two people and it was just sort of odd that you know we expected my mom to die because she was 80 something but we didn't expect my brother to die and he passed away a month later. And those two people passing away so close together, um, it basically ripped the door open. Like I had locked all that stuff away in a closet and now the door was wide open and it was spewed all over the floor. And I had no way to like avoid this painful, unexpressed grief that I had around a lot of events that, that kind of circled around those two people. And um, that brought me into therapy. And that brought me into actually kind of pulling those things off the floor, putting them through the wash, drying them up, folding them, kind of putting, saying, all right, you know, he was sick, she was sick, I was in a sick home, I was neglected. Beginning to see life on life's terms, beginning to see what really happened, beginning to put together things I compartmentalized things that I, you know, not all put together myself. I didn't really look at my life. I just ran from it and wanted to hide from it. And um, it was a hard, hard thing at the moment. But now that I look back, I see that the usefulness of that struggle was that I was able to, or I had to face all that grief over some of that some big T's and some little T's in my life that I needed to put put aside. I needed to go through because otherwise I'm just carrying that around. I was carrying that around and um, it wasn't doing me any good at all. And I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful, you know, I, I look at God and I think, you know, at the time I thought, why are you doing this? It's just, you know, one one sad situation after another but when I look back I realized those two people were pivotal for me and to lose them at the same time made me have to face something I did not want to face so so you had been in recovery a number of years when that happened how right. many about seven years seven, seven years. eight years right so you've been in recovery about seven or eight years when that happened so what tools had you developed by then to be able to stay engaged in that struggle because I know like you know sometimes <laughs> the struggles that I face in recovery I'm like uh, 
close that door. Like I'm, I, I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like I have enough skills to be able to, you know, go through that or handle that. Like what, what tools did you use to be able to stay engaged through that? Right. I think some of the simplest ones, your sponsor's going to tell you this right up front. I remember getting that phone call about my brother and I was on the phone with people right away and I was crying about it and I was able to lean on people. I was able to go to meetings and bring up the emotions that were coming. I was able to be around people who were in recovery and were saying, hey, you know, sounds kind of like you got a lot of painful stuff there. You might want to discuss with a therapist, you know, because I was ready to go to my grave with those secrets. And I didn't want to tell anyone I had gone through things that were that painful. I wanted to keep that secret. I didn't, you know, I took that shame on myself and I didn't want to tell people, but because I was in recovery, because I was talking to people, because I had a support system, because I had people mirroring, like you were talking about earlier, um, and also ex talking about their experiences, because you know, the, being in a 12-step meeting isn't always about 12 steps. People will also discuss their, their full picture, right? That they do go to a therapist, that there is other support out there. And um, that helped me get into therapy and work through some of those issues, which, you know, I'm still working through, but um, you know, the basic tools, picking up a phone and making a, and, and actually for me, even expressing my emotions, I didn't even know how to express my emotions. I didn't know what they were. I didn't know what to say, how to say what they were, but I just did it. You know, I just got on the phone, cried to people, you know, and I had a support system. I think, you know, that's the big one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And so now you get the, you get the beautiful moment of being able to look back, right? And get, like you've done some work around that, you've gone through it. And so what hope can you provide for people that are still engaged in struggle? Like, I mean, I know we're still engaged in struggle a lot of times, <laughs> right? But like, what, how do we, how do we find meaning? How do we find meaning in, in those types of events? Well, I know hindsight is twenty twenty. So I look back now and I think I would never want to put myself back in that place where I found out, you know, my brother had just passed away. But, you know, I, it, it, that is one example out of many examples that were very painful for me. But when I look back, I realize that was exactly what I needed to, to get where I am today. And, you know, if anyone says, what's your magic, you know, how did you do it? How did you make it in recovery? How, how, how what is the, the key? What's the key? The key to me is just keep coming back. Just put one foot in front of the other. The simple, just for today, 24 hours, I'm just doing this one day at a time. Sometimes it was one minute at a time. I mean, I know when we got told uh, our whole division was moving down to Southern California, my sponsor says, I want you in the morning and at night to surrender everything having to do with that. I don't want you getting in discussions. I don't want you getting into the drama of it because, you know, there's like thousands of employees that have just lost their job basically. And we're all working together. And she's like, every morning and every night, I want you to surrender it. The first week I called her after the first week, I said, that's not enough. 
I have to do that every hour. I have to do it sometimes every minute because I'm working with people that are in a traumatic situation and they want to talk about it and they want to go over it and I don't want to get sucked into it. So to get through it, I need to pray this sometimes every minute. God, please take this from me. I surrender all the drama, all the whatever is going on with this situation to you. And in that, I found a job and I left and I was fine, right? It worked out. But I just had to live whatever it is. If it's by minute, by hour, or by day, I just had to stick with it. Don't give up. Don't walk away. Don't think that it's not going to work because it does. It, it only works if you stick with it. So, you know, that to me is the big gem. Mm-hmm. We're going to break there for the first part of this two-part interview with Maureen. I hope that you were able to get some tips in there on how to stay engaged in the struggle. I admire Maureen so much, and I'm really grateful for her willingness to share with us and to be on the podcast and, and for her support in my own personal recovery. I hope that you all have someone like Maureen, someone who can witness for you, someone who can support you, someone who can help you understand the nuances of recovery and your own life. If you don't, keep searching because it is worth it. So you definitely want to find someone like that for your own recovery journey. Ladies, as always, I just want to remind you that no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how you feel in this very moment, no matter how far you think you've gone, no matter what trauma or what struggle it is that you're trying to stay engaged in, you are worth recovery. 100% worth it. I know that. Keep up the fight. Remember, I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you. Until next time, Amy. of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.